Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good evening, everybody. This is your Monday night edition of Locked On Browns on the Locked On Network. Uh, always thankful for uh, David Locke and his support and giving all, all of us this platform here to do the shows that we do. I'm your host, Jeff Lloyd, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Also, please, you can follow us at the at Locked On Browns on Twitter as well. Any questions, guys, topics you want, guests you guys would like to hear. We're going to start getting into guests this week a little bit. I'll be able to uh, navigate the board here. I'll be a little bit more familiar going further. So, yesterday we went down to Houston. Wasn't pretty, folks. Wasn't close. Final score may have been 33-17. to That is zero. Had nothing to do with the reflection of the game. Straight up butt whooping at the hands of the Houston Texans. Um, some of the things I talked about with the Houston Texans offense and what needed to be done to maybe kind of control it was not done. Uh, it had no answer for it. Uh, Deshaun Watson pretty much had his way. Handed everybody their lunch yesterday. First thing we're going to start, we're going to start with uh, Kevin Hogan. Uh, the thing, first thing I wanted to mention with Hogan, like I brought up, is it's always great to be the number two quarterback. It's always good to be the next man. But once you were actually thrust upon and handed the reins of being the starting quarterback of the team, now they have film on you. They study you. They get a grasp of what your tendencies are, what you can and cannot do. And I think that's a lot of what we saw yesterday. Um, look, Kevin Hogan is accurate in the short game, although he didn't show so well yesterday. Uh, Houston was able to, you know, roll their coverage up. They knew that if you're playing against a guy of Kevin Hogan's ability, he's not really going to beat you deep. He does not have that type of arm strength. You, you know, stack your guys, you know, at max 15 yards, maybe 20 yards. I mean, and then, you know, you can roll your zone back if you need to. Uh, the Browns do not have a legitimate deep threat right now, so there was really nobody to challenge anybody in the secondary deep. So they put Hogan in a position to try to, you know, complete a lot of sideline throws, and, you know, flat throws, square out throws, throws of that nature, and he just does not have that arm strength. That is not what Kevin Hogan is capable of. Kevin Hogan will have a career as a capable backup. You know, maybe in a pinch can steal you a W here and there. But, uh, you know, the deficiencies that Kevin Hogan has were obviously on the mark yesterday. The three interceptions, uh, wildly inaccurate, most of them high. Uh, the safety that he took was strictly amateur hour. It was pathetic. I don't know what he was thinking there, but it was quite obvious, you know, that he... Avoiding pressure, that's fine, whatever you had to do. But I mean, in that situation, don't not just take the safety. Do not, you know, intentionally ground the ball, you know, in that sense 
where, God forbid, something could possibly happen and turns into a pick six. If you're going to get taken down in the end zone, just get taken down in the end zone. Don't do anything foolish. Uh, the Joseph interception, I mean, look, it was a, what, maybe a 10, 12 from where, 12 yard route from where he was throwing it. You know, it was an out route, you know, overthrew it wildly by two feet. You know, Joseph caught it, was basically in high stepping mode from the second he caught the ball. Just, you know, an embarrassing, embarrassing, you know, showing from Hogan. Uh, you should go back to Kaiser. You should have never taken away from Kaiser. The whole reason was you went to Kaiser was we're going to deal with the ups and downs. We want to watch this young man grow. You took him away from ups and downs to put in a guy who I'm assuming Hugh thought could win a game for him. And he went in and did the same things. At least developed the young guy with a stronger arm. He's 21 years old. Ride Kaiser from here on out. I'll still tell you you should add a quarterback in 18 with all the draft capital you have and all the free agent money you have. That's fine. You know, hedge your bets. Two quarterbacks is better than none. So, you know, even if Kaiser shows well for the rest of the 17 season, there is no reason in your mind to not add a second guy. Let these guys battle it out. Uh, second thing offensively. Look, we've gone over this, you know, one thing I keep chiming in on here is a couple of things offensively. Duke Johnson is your best offensive weapon. He's the best skill player you have. Five rushes, three receptions on five targets. That is not going to cut it. It is not enough. He's got the he's got the best talent you have on offense. He needs to be featured more. He needs to see closer to 20 touches. For God's sakes, I'll take 15. I'll take 17. Get the man the ball more. Isaiah Crowell is a second fiddle here. He is not in your long-term plans. Start looking towards the future and give Duke the ball more. Uh, the other point we've brought up here offensively the last couple of weeks, the two players you have at the receiver position who are the best talents are Seth Valve and David Najoku. And now, second and third best skill players you have. Every week I keep saying this. Eight targets for Seth DeValve and David Najoku is not getting it done. It's not enough. You do not have the wide receivers to make this work right now, and I can understand that. But at least push the positive that you have, and that is these two guys. And even if you want to play them on the field more, run both of them down the hash marks. Run some crossing outs underneath for wide receivers. Run some crossing routes, some hitches for Duke Johnson. Let the defense, let the secondary focus on these two fantastic, young, athletic tight ends you have. It's just the best way to do things now. To make easy, things easier on these wide receivers. It's just the easiest way to do it. These should be your feature guys. Duke Johnson, DeValve, David. They should be your top three options. They should be majority of their offense, majority of your looks, majority of your carries, majority of your targets. The run game. Uh, I've kind of been on the run game here a little bit the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to get on the run game uh, yesterday. Uh, I thought they ran the ball pretty well, you know, all things considered. The only problem was is when you get behind by a bazillion points as early as they did, it's, you know, the running game is pointless at that point. And you want to know what? Everybody was allowed to just lay back in coverage. And Hogan got sacked four times. And you saw the deficiencies of a guy like Kevin Hogan, probably still a rostered player, a guy like with him with his mind. You know, he's a smart kid, played a lot of college ball, took a lot of reps. He knows the game. He knows it well. Keep him around. But I, I don't think, you know, he's a long-term option. Obviously, by any means whatsoever, play Deshaun Kaiser. There's just no other way around it. Uh, now we'll, you know, beat up on the defense here a little bit. Um, one of the first ones I want to get into, uh, look, if you have any defensive call, 
if you're Greg Williams, where it involves dropping Danny Shelton into coverage. Uh, look, I mean, come on now. I mean, you know, the joking thing in me says, look, if you got any opportunity to drop a 325-pound guy into coverage, by all means, you got to take advantage of that. It's dumb. It's stupid. Don't get cute. Your defense isn't there yet. Your defense, which has been playing well, you know, got beat down a little bit yesterday. Your defense has been playing well, but by no means are you in a position now where you can build Belichick yourself into doing cute things, you know, getting, you know, getting fancy. Just play with the base. Come on. It's ridiculous. You know, keep it simple, stupid for the time being. Uh, also, uh, defense, uh, defensively, uh, balls on the Cleveland 39. Jabril Peppers, in his new lovely position of being lined up 17 and a half to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, he's you know on the hash on uh, the left-hand side, the side where Willful is lined up. Ball snapped. Peppers goes a little bit more to in between the hashes. The only reason you're ever going to line up a safety 17 and a half to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage is to prevent one th one thing and one thing only. What are you trying to prevent? The deep ball. What happens? This spot he vacates. Will Fowler runs a deep, you know, flag corner route. And guess what? Jabril Peppers is not there. Will Fowler catches it. 39-yard touchdown, easy as pie. Again, I am not blaming Jabril Peppers. Those of you who follow me on my Twitter account, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, you know I gave Peppers a difficult time through the draft process. Jabril Peppers, if you watch anything of his University of Michigan film, the one thing you know is he's a box safety. He plays well around the line of scrimmage. He runs well laterally. He does not run well behind him. Keep him going forward. If anybody in the Cleveland office watched him on tape and said, oh, you know what? We're going to use him in an Earl Thomas type role. Just smack yourself in the cheek. Punch yourself in the head. Do what you got to do. First things first, you're ruining a young man's confidence. And the one thing Jabril Peppers does have is an exorbitant amount of confidence. You're breaking him, putting him in a role he cannot play. Just give it up already. Maybe play Body Calhoun like we talked about last week a little bit more in that role. But just something. Stop playing the kid in a position that he is not capable of playing. You're only doing yourselves harm. You're only doing the kid harm. Uh, next one we're going to hit on here, the uh, new Hopkins touchdown. Uh, defense is either playing in a robber coverage, either you're doubling nuke. <sighs> Look, you've got, you've got somebody underneath you got the safety over the top. The safety runs right to New Hopkins, pays no attention to Sean Watson, and Yari's there right there on New Hopkins, except for one thing. Deshaun Watson has a brain, has a head on his shoulders, read the safety. As soon as New cleared the safety, gunned it, barreled six. Uh, again, keep it simple, stupid. Now we'll get a little bit into the positives because there were some. Um, look, Miles Garrett, 33 snaps up from the 19 the week before. Uh, you know, you're starting to see the progression of a player. You know, we're almost it's going to be to the point now, I, I would figure it would be 50 reps here, you know, as we get to the Tennessee game. A little bit more active this week in run defense, which you want to see. Obviously, as the ankle gets healthier, healthier, as he gets a little bit more familiar with everything. Uh, his third sack in two games now. Best thing about all three of these sacks, they are on third down. Drive stoppers, drive enders, drive killers. You try to see that type of thing. Uh, Jason McCourty, look, uh, late late uh, summer acquisition. Uh, Jason McCourty has been lights out since the day he walked into the building, playing extremely well, playing like a true number one quarterback. 
what you saw with the pick six yesterday, and this is where you see the things I've mentioned the last couple of weeks. How does a Miles Garrett help your secondary? Miles Garrett put the pressure on Deshaun Watson rolling left. He had to throw it over Miles Garrett, sailed, uh, sailed the ball a little bit high. McCourty caught it, pick six, touchdown, party in the end zone. So look, that's where you're going to see Miles Garrett. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to get a sack on every play, but if he can get these pressures, he makes the life easier on everyone in that secondary. Uh, one guy I'm going to actually point out on offense, obviously the guys who are not getting the ball that I think need to get the ball, Cason Williams. Uh, Cason Williams, you know, a lot of talent a few years ago coming out of the University of Washington. A lot of guys were high on him, me, myself included. You know, he's dealt with injuries for you know years now. Starting to look healthy. Another four receptions this week. Six targets. I think Casey Williams is a guy we need to see more reps of. Deserves more targets as the weeks go on and on. Look, there ain't no Jerry Rice in that locker room. Uh, there ain't even a John Taylor in that locker room. Look, Casey Williams deserves these reps. Let's give him an opportunity to get these reps as the weeks go on. He showed some things here right now. Obviously, a complete overhaul of this wide receiver core needs to be done you know, as we go through the free agency process in 18 and the draft process in 18. But look, let's get a better look at Casey Williams here as the weeks go on. Uh, listener questions. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Like I always mentioned, please tweet the at Browns account. Tweet me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Any questions you got, look, I, it makes the show easier. It makes me get a feel of what you guys want to hear about as far as, you know, putting a show together. So, uh, you know, one of my favorite followers, a guy I interact with a lot here with you guys, with you Brown fans, uh, Aaron Jones, at Jones underscore Aaron. Uh, favorite quarterback for the Browns at either pick in the first round. I'm assuming this was the way he wanted to go with it. Look, I'm a big Sam Darnold guy. Uh, I think Sam, you know, is, look, everybody wants to knock him a little bit here. I think he's progressing. Uh, you got to keep in mind, didn't play so much last year. Look, some turnovers are happening. I understand that. And look, these college quarterbacks, everybody's beating these guys up every week when they throw some INTs. It happens now with the amount of passes these guys are throwing. I like Sam's mental makeup. I like Sam's, you know, I like his progressions. If you told me it's Josh Rosen, I'm not going to argue with that. Josh Rosen, I think, is, you know, as as talented as they come as well. You know, I think maybe Sam Darnold has a better head. I think maybe Josh Rosen has a better arm, better physical. Yeah, I'm sorry, better physical with his arm. But you know, maybe capable of more throws at this point. But either way, uh, you know, I have no zero issue with one of either of those guys. Um, I'm assuming he thought with Houston's pick. Uh, I'll just leave it at this. If Baker Mayfield was six foot one, my God, the buzz he'd be getting. But uh, if this franchise digs into it and they can get around the height, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't think any quarterback is impressed. You know, as far as being a collegian this year and what he's done than Baker Mayfield has. Um, next question, uh, at John Valencia, uh, another guy I talk with a lot on Twitter. Uh, his question was, you know, explain the 0-6. You know, this is a team that obviously, you know, they thought there'd be a more amounts of wins this year, you know, at least to this point. Uh, you know, it seems maybe as, you know, they as much as they were, looks like they were trying to hang tough, you know, last couple of weeks they're trending backwards. Uh, look, you, you can look, uh, Kenny Britt, Looking right now like an absolute bust of a signing, signing, doing nothing for you. Uh, I think the part of the problem is, you know, your rookie quarterback does not have enough weapons to work with. Even the weapons he has are not being used enough. Uh, you know, obviously with Duke, DeValve, and David. Uh, on D, it seems like you have a tremendous value in a deep, you know, single high or, you know, a high free safety. 
but you don't actually have one on the roster. So I, it, that seems to be a problem there as well, and it, I think teams are starting to catch on here. You know, obviously uh, Jabril was playing more up against the line of scrimmage against the Jets, uh, played some more deeper against Houston. Like I've, I've gone over this, look, it's just not his position. Um, uh, Brown's mock draft. Uh, if you guys do not know in Cleveland Brown uh, fandom, Stephen Thomas uh, lives out in L.A., diehard Cleveland sports fan. Uh, I mean, literally, I always call him, you know, my brother from another mother or father. Maybe we somehow got separated at birth. But uh, no, no other guy I love to interact with on Twitter than Stephen. Uh, his question was, of the first six picks that they hold in the 2018 draft, how many of them should be focused or would I focus? And look, folks, yes, it's way too early. Anything draft-related is way too early. But look, us draft people, we love to talk about it. We love to talk about it daily. We love to talk about it constantly. Just let us. I understand draft Twitter is a weird and strange place, but some of us guys like being uh, residents of that weird and strange place. I think first and foremost of the top six, uh, of those first six picks, running back needs to be addressed. Look, Duke Johnson is great, but if this franchise is not going to value him as a number one back, I can understand that. I'm okay with that. I think he's a perfect complement to a running back by committee. I think you need to a little bit more of a heavy hitter. Uh, you're going to hear me scream this from now till late April. Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Like I mentioned, with the other first-round pick, I would probably double up on offense in the first round. I would go quarterback. Uh, I think you need to add, if you could not get somebody in through free agency, you need to add another quarterback to this mix. Wide receiver. This is something, yes, I can understand if you want to address it in free agency, maybe have some more proven commodities. That's fine. That needs to be addressed with one of these top six selections of 2018. Uh, fourth, I'm going to put, look, as great as Joe Thomas is, as great as the legacy is, as great as the guy is probably going to be Canton bound one day. Look, uh, you know, uh, he's got a lot not working in his favor, as many reps as he's taken uh, without ever missing a beat, you know, injury, things of that nature. You need to start looking towards a left tackle of the future. Uh, this offensive line here to this point, it's shame. I think they're being wasted to this point. They are, fa they are a great offensive line, top 10 offensive line in the league. And it's just a shame right now that they are that good of an offensive line and, and not enough production is coming from it. Uh, fifth and sixth, I think if this defense is going to continue to want this free safety with the great ball skills, you know, a guy from last year's draft, a Malik Hooker type, you know, if you want the Earl Thomas type, you need somebody who can play high free safety. Little early guy here to mention some of my uh, other draft followers. Jordan Whitehead out of Pitt. Oh my God, I know, relax, guys. Yes, we can. A, a team from Cleveland can draft a player who went to Pitt. He's somebody to look out for if you ever check it around on Saturdays. Jordan Whitehead, number nine, roams the second day for Pitt. Solid player in that role. Does carry a little off field baggage, but he can play the position. And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer of you're going to add a cornerback every year to your roster. It's you know, obviously one of the most important positions. I don't see any reason why, but every year you need to add a cornerback. Keep those groups. The great thing about the cornerback position is these guys, you know, thrive themselves on being a showing-off, thrive themselves on being able to, you know, show themselves. Best thing to do that and best way to keep that is to keep bringing in competition. Uh, one other thing that Steven uh, at Brown's Mock Draft wanted to bring in, should we ruffle the feathers of Brown's Twitter by mentioning Kirk Cousins? I, I think right now if Kirk Cousins had any interest in coming to Cleveland next year, I don't see any reason why you're not going to sit down. You're not going to talk with him. Uh, you know, he's looking right now like he's going to lead the Redskins to another playoff. Uh, I think it's something you truly got to consider. Uh, no way around it. No doubt about it. 
this one here from uh, Matt Irwin, uh, Matt Irwin24, another guy uh, I talk with a lot. Uh, Hugh, as much as I like him, uh, his question was, is, you know, what about the head coach here? I'm sorry, this wasn't Matt Irwin. This was uh, Brian Fields24. Uh, you know, how bad of a coach do they have? I, I'm not sure it's so much that Hugh is a bad coach here. Uh, he's well-respected around the league. Uh, I know Oakland, uh, Oakland fans loved him. I know Cincinnati fans loved him. Uh, I know he's respected around the league by the players. I think that maybe there's, they're not on, he's not on the same wavelength as the front office. Uh, I think he's a dead, dead man walking here right now. I don't think he deserves to be. I think he was, should have been given this year. And whether or not he's truly got this year from this front office, I'm fine with it if that's the way they want to go. I just think with the writing on the wall right now, Hugh leaking things, you know, the other day of, you know, told Deshaun Watson, be ready, you know, at 12, be ready. Uh, I think this front office wants to lure a big name here with uh, one more huge free agent, uh, you know, bundle to go, another huge draft class to go. I think they want to make that appealing to the biggest name they can get to Cleveland. So, I mean, I think Hugh's in a really, really tough spot here going forward. I just think, you know, by the end of the season, I just don't think he is going to be the way this franchise wants to go with a head coach. Uh, one other note I want to hit uh, here, uh, Brian Hill. Brian Hill was a fifth-round running back out of Wyoming this past draft. He was released Saturday by Atlanta. Uh, I thought Cleveland should have been on. Cleveland made no effort. He signed back with the Atlanta practice squad the morning, the, the, this afternoon. Terrible job by Cleveland. He is a guy they should have absolutely been looking at. You could have maybe gotten yourself a solid ball carrier on the cheap. Could have been part of a future running back by committee with Duke Johnson. Cleveland front office, Sashi guys, dropped the ball on that one. Brian Hill out of Wyoming should have been a guy you had on your radar. He's only on a practice squad. Check the tape. Go yank his ass out of there. Bring him on up to Cleveland. Uh, as far as that, guys, uh, we got a lot of talk about this week. Play Deshaun Kaiser. I'll talk to you all tomorrow night. And with that, we are officially on to Tennessee. Talk to you all guys later. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17